Go for it. Oh, right. I'm, I'm going to think about how I do it. <laughs> do, we, do we just do it? Do we do a good evening and welcome to Wandering Web 3? Weaving Web 3, not Wandering. Let's get the name right. <laughs> not Wandering Web 3, that was one of the names. <laughs> um, I guess we just say we are Weaving Web 3, all right? New yeah. podcast set up by myself. Uh, yourself and yourself. I'll, I'll kick off. I'll kick off. Go for it. Good evening and welcome to Weaving Web 3 with me, James. Uh, me, Chris. And me, Stash. Uh, this week, we're going to be talking about uh, the World Cup and the coins surrounding it. And then a little bit later on, we'll be meandering through a few scams and Ponzi schemes, things we've seen whilst we've been in the crypto space. Stash, would you like to kick us off with a few bits about the World Cup? Okay, <laughs> So, hi, everyone. I'm Stash. Uh, I'm currently a PhD student in bioengineering. I've been in crypto for, let's say, about three years. And I've known about it since like 2015, but the first time I ever got into it was three years ago. Um, I'm Chris. Um, I am a uni student studying uh, electronic engineering with music technology systems. Uh, I got into crypto probably around three years ago as well, I would say. Um, just sort of, you know, putting any extra money slash maybe a bit too much money into crypto <laughs> when it was a bull market and being really happy when it was going up and, and crying when it was going down but uh but it's been fun it's been a bit of a roller coaster you know and then since then got into nfts and now i'm doing my final dissertation project on nfts so yeah uh and i'm james i am the newbie of the group i got into crypto about a year ago um that's a funny one for me because i've been <laughs> i've known about crypto i know what it is i sort of have dabbled i've got friends that have dabbled but i never took the plunge i then joined um an accountancy firm and i do cryptocurrency and blockchain work for them um so i've sort of jumped into it with both feet uh met these two lovely boys i uh, just trying to do a bit you know a bit of stuff to have a bit of talk about crypto blockchain web3 and where we think it's going to go uh discuss a few ideas with some like-minded people hopefully have a few friendly arguments along the way but that's, that's what i'm hoping for and hoping these two can teach me about some stuff so i don't seem as stupid hopefully on these podcasts i will play the role of the layman who are silly questions that people at home might be asking uh because i know sweet fa and talking about sweet fa on to stash of the world cup so <laughs> the world cup we are the main sponsor of the World Cup. We are? We yes, are. we are. The, yes. <laughs> the podcast <laughs> has gone very big, very fast. We are the Even Web3 is sponsoring the World Cup. No. Main sponsor. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so Algorand is the main sponsor. And I think this is probably going to be an amazing opportunity for the millions of people that are out there on the world that have no idea what crypto is. Like, uh, I don't know if you guys watched the Super Bowl and when Coinbase did their QR code and it crashed their website. Like, how many, I think it's, don't quote me on this, but 500 million people watched the Super Bowl. And you think about how easy those 500 million people just literally scan their QR code and they come up to Coinbase and they're like, bam, this is crypto, have a go. And I think the World Cup, let's say a billion people are going to watch this and they're going to be like, hang on a second, this is this is based this is interesting like for me i got into crypto because this is the future this is what our technology and our lives are going to be like right now there are billions of people that have no idea what crypto is and for me it's kind of like scary to think like 
oh we we we've made thousands on from this and that but this exposure from the world cup is going to be like something life-changing for us because we've been there before them and I want other people to succeed as well. Kind of thing like that. So, so Stash, what is it about um what, what is Algorand from like a layman's perspective? What so Algorand's the blockchain yes. and Algo's the coin on there. And yes. um, what is it that makes it useful, good, better than say a Bitcoin or an Ethereum? What is it you think is is a market leading about it? Why I think it's market leading. I think Algorand, one thing you have to understand about Algorand, there is no hard forks. So when Ethereum switched from proof of stake to proof of, oh, sorry, from proof of work to proof of stake, it split into two chains. You still had the exact copy of the proof of work where people mine the cryptocurrency, which is so energy inefficient, inefficient and damages the environment because of the amount of electricity it uses. However, proof of stake is the exact opposite of that you have your coins, you delegate them, and through uh, cryptographic ways, the coins validate transactions on the blockchain. So essentially, there is no chance of like a consensus being like, hang on a second, we don't disagree in this, we want this coin to go in this direction. So there is always one blockchain, there will never be anything like that. That's why so you have, yeah. So when you've got a coin like Algo, the idea for that coin is that it's to be spent and is, is an actual utility coin rather than like a, a Bitcoin that just sits there and accumulates value, but it's got very high gas fees so that no one really uses it. So yeah. it's more, it could be more sort of cash in your pocket on your wallet. You would you spend it on everyday things rather than like a store of wealth. Yeah, it's also like a smart contract platform where you can build up decentralized applications just like Ethereum. But however... Personally, for me, Algorand is will be one of those tokens that is backed by big names, big big companies that see that this is a project for the future. Hmm. Yeah. What do you two? Well, think? I guess we've seen Sorry. that we've seen that with the World Cup, sort of being the sponsor of the World Cup. Like that's a massive deal for crypto. Like and things like Crypto.com having the Crypto.com Arena or whatever it is oh, in. in america now and like they're sponsoring formula one like these companies are making loads of money <laughs> yeah so like it's definitely sort of what what do you two think about that though or do you think that's all hype because like for example if we took the crypto.com they build this big stadium it's all going great we're having a bull run fantastic as soon as the bear run hits they let go 250 employees five percent of that global staff you know to me, what I worry about sometimes is, and I get cryptos like this, is that they're living off the hype. And, and that's what worries me sometimes when I see companies like an Algo going, oh, okay, we'll sponsor the World Cup. I think that's an enormous event. Do these companies have the cash to back it up? Or are uh, you know, is it keep the hype going? We need this, and that keeps the share price high, but it other uh, share price, coin price. But if that coin price ducks, suddenly they don't have the cash. And that, that's I mean, where potentially I worry. Yeah, I mean, if you go, if you look at Crow in terms of Crow and like Crypto.com, right? Crow has suffered massively recently. Like in the last, like since the bear market has set in, um, Crow went from what, like highs of 50p hmm. to yeah, yeah. now, what is it? Like 10, 10, something like that? Yeah, it's, about, it's, that? About, it's about 10 cents right now, I think. Yeah, Let me... exactly. So 
that's kind of their share price, right, going down. Their value of Crow has just taken they, a massive hit. They basically they, on all their followers, in my opinion, because they overspent and after that they were like oh hang on a second we're just going to dump on everyone all they believe they i used to have the crypto.com card and they took away all the benefits basically and that also caused a massive cascade of like negative reviews and like people just totally ditching and massive sell-offs because hang on a second you're meant to be like a for the let's say for the people they gave so many benefits to people that they overspent they it was just totally unsustainable mm, yeah yeah, um, however, in terms of the hype thing, I think it is very important for them to maintain their image, obviously, and to maintain the hype around crypto. Crypto.com have the benefit that crypto is in the name, right? They, you literally just say crypto.com and you're talking about cryptocurrency. Like someone might see Binance and they can be like, what the hell's that sort of thing. Um, but having that everywhere, I think is beneficial, not just for crypto.com, um, but for the crypto community in general. Like it's it's definitely like a hype-based sort of system and has been for like, since I've been in it anyway, it's definitely been about the hype. But the thing is the way to sort of traverse the crypto space is and not get stung is by being able to see to differentiate just the hype from like the actual technology and the actual work that people are doing mm. so like for instance i'm a big fan of um i'm well, a big fan of each <laughs> and um like having that on the ufc and stuff like that is is great to see like and I feel like those connections have been because of the technology behind VJ, rather than just the fact that, oh, it's a hype coin or whatever. Because, I mean, I've been in VJ for the last two and a half, basically since I got into crypto and I've seen them go massively up and massively down. Um, but it, can, it has maintained the level that it has because of the technology rather than just the hype. Absolutely. So, we take this to the World Cup and stuff like that. Obviously, the big advantage is that we're advertising, aren't we? We want more. We've got loads of eyes on the World Cup. We want those eyes on crypto. So do you guys think now that crypto is in a state where it's actually accessible for every everyday people? Like, I think it's sort of hitting that level where, you know, anyone could open up a, a, a Coinbase account or a Binance, Binance is a little bit more complicated, but like Coinbase is like the easiest one. Open a Coinbase account, chuck some pounds in there and buy some crypto. Can there? I mean, it's getting to that stage where you don't need to worry about, I mean, you do need to worry about your wallets, but people who are putting in a hundred quid can actually buy something, see it go up and down and don't have to worry about doing all the complicated things. So do you guys think that sort of, this was my question a bit around the Algorand. It's like, so we've got Algorand doing this event they're a blockchain, but they don't actually offer the consumer a way in. Do you, do you see what I mean? Like, it's not like you can go, if you went to algorand.com, you can't go in and buy. Do you know what I mean? You have to navigate through a different system to purchase that. So I, I sort of wonder if they need to combo up with somebody else to be like, okay, if you want to get on in on this, you come to someone else. Do you see what I mean? Well, it seems to me as like a layman, there's a barrier to entry. It's oh, awesome. I've seen Algorand. I Google it. It tells me what it is, but I haven't can't buy any, and I, I don't know how. And do you see what I mean? 
No, I have yeah. I totally understand. That's why you have these central, we have these centralized exchanges like Coinbase. They're based the intermediaries that aggregate basically certain cryptocurrencies. You can't always get the same cryptocurrency in one exchange because of all these partnerings or whatever legal requirements. However, like I do like Algorand, the coin itself, I don't always like calling it the cryptocurrency that is this crypto you can use yeah. it for me like it's the, the technology behind it to be honest. like what i really see it when i look at it because i i don't know if you saw when there was the was it the champions league or the european champions league in paris uh, loads of english fans were sold fake tickets and mm. and they weren't even allowed to come in like tens of thousands they were were just literally locked out from the gates of the of the city Thing because people were able that, to that was the Liverpool and with the like let's say blockchain solutions I'm not I heard someone talk about I'm not sure if this is actually true but they will be I think they're using the algorithm blockchain to like verify the tickets of ownership so there is literally no way of like essentially scamming people out of different hmm. tickets because each ticket is essentially on the blockchain so each one is yeah. verifiable and unique. Yeah, I mean, I, I completely am with you on the, the use of the technology. I think from my perspective, at the moment, there is still too much of a barrier to entry for everyday people on some bits. Like if, with, when I choose Algo as an example, what they're advertising is a weird thing because it's not a service. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like most sponsors is like Amazon. Oh, cool. You Google Amazon then there's a thing. Do you know what I mean? You can buy something, you can do something, there's a service. Whereas yeah. if you Google Algorand, they're not offering you anything. It's just learn about our thing. And I just think that's a, it's a sort of a rare thing, isn't it? That a business is advertising like the potential and the future and not a product. And it just, it seems a slightly weird one for me where I think potentially with the World Cup perspective, fans might go on and do this. Whereas I wonder if maybe Algorand would be able to combo with someone like a Coinbase, but like, this is Algorand. You can buy it on Coinbase. Do, do you know what I mean? So it sort of gives people a way of going in and, and finding that ease. I don't know, like, for example, Coinbase do algo staking and stuff like that as well. So, um, you know, they could maybe do a deal on that, like get an extra percent or something if you sign up with a World Cup window or something like that, which for me, you might get your casual football punter go, actually, I can understand how to get it. So what you're saying is basically you think um, that algo as a company kind of need like a bit of bit more of an explanation of what they are and the service that they offer and how they offer it is that one again yeah i think i think for me it's like algorand is a network do you know what i mean if someone had told if someone was advertising at a football game a back-end banking network right and you went, oh, this is, okay, that's a, that's a thing. What is it? You Google it and they go, this is a back-end banking network using banking. You'd be like, okay, but like, why are you advertising to me, the consumer? Because if you're getting eyes to the consumer, the point surely is you want them to buy something or spend their time doing something. But that, to me, it looks like a, there's like a step of separation there that I just sort of think it seems weird that they haven't sort of found an in. Now, if Algo did their own, come on here, set up a wallet, buy Algo on their website, I'd be fine with that. But I think the fact that yeah. they it's just a protocol is a bit of a weird one. I don't yeah, get I get what you mean. Because like uh obviously the exchanges offer them and stuff like that, but like them themselves not having either 
like a way of explaining how to get involved or how to buy their products and just explaining their products is a bit strange yeah um, i agree yeah, yeah. I think that one of the biggest problems is, is because we are in this kind of like revolution, like I can't just send out, I, like, I think that like the problem is like, I can't just send Algorand a hundred quid and then they're going to send me a hundred Algorand because mm. I have to create a specific wallet that holds Algorand and stuff like that. That's why the, like the centralized exchange, they will literally have create all the wallets and they hold everything for you. And mm. I know I totally understand, like we need that, uh, our, the whole point of crypto is to be in charge of our own money and finance and not rely on these centralized exchanges and crypto. So I feel like the point is the worst part is the education. There is no education from going from basically the Coinbase, which is their bank where you keep your money normally to the create your own wallet and stuff. Mm. Like that. That's that. I think that's the biggest curve that you take essentially. Like I, in person, in my opinion, because anyone could literally buy any tokens randomly without even thinking about it but to be honest you need to think about the technology behind it mm. more. Well, what do you two think the biggest like if you okay so you've got to convince someone off the street to buy some crypto right what do you think their biggest concerns would be when you talk to them scam scam they'll lose all their money yeah yeah, yeah? so so do you so this is maybe the angle I'm just thinking about on the fly is it's potentially just having their name out there just so that people have heard of it. Do you know what I mean? So that people go, oh, I'm gonna send I want to do some algorand. Oh, I've heard of that. Do you see what I mean? In the same way that um like Spotify advertise, but everyone knows what they are, and it's just to get yeah. that prestige, isn't it? Just to get your name out there. And I, I wonder if maybe that's actually the reason. Not that they're trying to sell a product, but maybe they're trying to get their prestige up. And people go, oh, Algo's not a scam. I've, I've heard of it. They sponsored the World Cup. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Whereas like scam companies don't do that. Yeah. So th there's a sense of legitimacy mm. when you are sponsoring a massive legitimate event, right? Mm. So for instance, Stake are trying to do that now, even though I disagree fully with Stake. But Stake are obviously um, a crypto gambling site. Mm. Um, so you connect your um, your wallet with that, and then you can use your Bitcoin or Ethereum or whatever it is to um, gamble with. Um, now, obviously, they found some sort of loopholes, stake at least, um, that because it's obviously all decentralized or in crypto, it's not quite the same as gambling. Mm. Um, so even though there is the legitimacy of, for instance, them sponsoring Everton, there's still some sort of backlash against them. And there are people that are sort of basically um, this, well, not disassociating themselves with Everton, but they are very upset with Everton for taking them on as a sponsor. In terms of the World Cup with Algo, I haven't seen any sort of backlash like that, obviously. And it's kind of a bit of a different concept because algo is obviously the coin the technology um they aren't necessarily trying i guess to to fleece you <laughs> they even though even, yeah um, it's not gambling at the end of the day it is just i mean it's kind of like putting money on the on the exchange or whatever on like any exchange like if you buy shares in something you're going to go up and down um, you can't really call that gambling, though, can you? Yeah, I suppose um, it's because Algo don't directly want your money, do they? 
Like they, obviously yeah. they want their coin price to go up, but which obviously includes people wanting to buy it. But they are they don't. When you buy Algo, you don't send them cash. No, you you obviously just support the company, kind of. Mm. They yeah, and and you still maintain the sort of value, right? I mean, as long as Algo does well, and the market and everything does well, you will sort of either make a profit or keep the same money sort of thing yeah um and so stash you said that as well as the algo there was some were there some player related coins or tokens that were coming out yes so essentially algorand for the world cup they've built an nft platform for for basically for like the world cup and you can buy nfts of like your favorite players and stuff like that so like for me as a gambling man because <laughs> I know that this is a, a, an opportunity, you could, let's say, I don't know, let's say England win, and you buy up some of the England players' NFTs. They could potentially go skyrocketing up, and potentially, you never know in the future, as we're so early, let's say a few years down the line, everyone who bought these um, NFTs on the Algorand blockchain that were sponsoring the World Cup, you got some bonuses down the line. You're going to get some free tickets or to see this football match or something like that so like for me like when you go into an nft that i look for what is the future of this nft as well because sure this is going to be it's basically like pokemon collecting cards they they could be worth thousands they could be worth nothing than in the next few years so like these nfts also give you like that authenticity of like yes i am one of the select few that has this and i think partnering with this with the world cup is going to i to be honest i don't know i just don't know enough to right now to tell you this is going to be the best next thing kind of thing because mm-hmm. some people I like, I like pokemon cards i i think they're useless but yeah <laughs> it, it, like it, it depends that there's always those, that community if the community is there people are going to love football forever and then let's say your kids down the line like oh, my dad has oh Ronaldo from the FIFA World Cup and like, oh my God, look at this rare card. Kind of thing. I, I have a full 2002-2003 Premier League shootout card collection in my office. Whoa. So, wow. but, but there you go. And I've got, I've got one star Wayne Rooney and one star Ronaldo in there because they were both one star rated at that stage out of three stars. But so like that. So like, I mean, I think I think Ronaldo's probably one star again now. <laughs> is oh, but yeah, but he's been three star shiny at some point. But I completely know what you mean, Stash. I, I wonder why, sort of, I, I wonder, like, now, maybe NFTs don't work perfectly for this, but, like, you think football have always had, like, sticker books, haven't they? Or cards, etc. And you think it's, it's not that hard to do those virtually. You know, you buy a pack for a quid or whatever. You get uh, cards, you get a random choice. You know, it's like a drop, isn't it? Like you would get in, like, a CSGO or a Dota or whatever video <laughs> game. And then you can trade them back and forth, you know, and, and stuff like that would seem like a... A relatively simple idea they could bring into the web3 space but i think the problem with that is um i sometimes look at things like this and sort of, sort of see where's the utility of web3 and i know sort of you could get the uh, well, I, the way i see that platform working there is that it would actually enable you to trade pretty easily because you obviously you can use that platform to do that um but you'd have to uh, i think you could have like a nice wallet you could have a collection you could give someone you know an extra collection you collect the whole england team then you get an england team nft or something oh, you know yeah. but you could you could do so, 
I don't know if you guys eat McDonald's or anything, but you look guys... at me. Of course, I eat McDonald's. Yeah, <laughs> um, you, you did you participate in the McDonald's monopoly this year? Like, did no, you, no, I'm not. But basically, this year, I think they did it really well. They did like the whole physical stickers, whatever, uh, all of that. But also, they had the app. And if you scanned in your sticker, you could redeem, you, you could basically um, peel it again and potentially win something again. And also, it stored it all kind of in your wallet, mm -hmm. like on your app. And you could actually redeem all of the um, wins or whatever, like if you want a burger or something like that, you could do that all on the app. I feel like, especially with these sticker books sort of type mm. things, NFTs, it would be great if there were some sort of app associated with FIFA, which you could, would be some sort of marketplace. You could buy them or you could win them if you participated in certain mm. things. And then, yeah. um, and then you could also redeem rewards from having these. Like that's the thing. A big part of um, of the NFT space is like, oh, I get free. Like I don't know, with Cool Cats, it's milk, right? Their their token and stuff like that. Mm. But having some sort of app, like a legitimate thing, which you can just go on your phone, access your rewards, redeem your rewards, and sort of get something out of it. I feel like that would be the next step in doing something like this. And I think these fan tokens and these fan NFTs would be great for something like that. But I feel like there needs to be more technology involved. And like, if you know what I mean, it needs to be better thought out in terms of what it can offer you. Um, rewards, like it can't just be like, you just collecting stuff because there's this, sometimes collecting stuff, it gets a bit- It needs more. to add another level, right? Yeah. I think what you said there, Chris, was really insightful, where you went, actually, what you need is you need to have Web 2 stuff linking in with Web 3 stuff so so the people to transition, it feels the same. You know, because logging to your yeah, McDonald's app is Web 2, but you can shift that into a Web 3 space quite easily. And I think that that is a really, really good point. In that, yeah, if you could make an app that was actually we're doing this sticker book thing kids would love it you know kids are all they're all on their phones they'd love it they love the stickers give them out give them packs for free do you know what I mean give them one pack every time england score a goal That's or something yeah, exactly like, do yeah. something like that like in your i don't know if you play any like games on your phone like if you log in on the day you get like a free pack or something Good, like yeah that. yeah, yeah something, something like that sure the nfts might not have any value they might be worth like i don't know 10p but it's the same with like pokemon cards right mm. You, you can get a pack or whatever of Pokemon cards. None of them would be worth anything, as you said. Um, but like having that sort of extra commitment to if you are committed to this, you will be better off than someone who isn't, right? Uh, that will bring customers back and that will integrate them into the Web3 space without them knowing it. Kind of like tricking them into it a little yeah. bit. But... People are so scared of like, oh, anything Web3, oh, NFTs, scam, oh, crypto scam. But if they start seeing that, one, they can make money out of this, and two, they aren't really risking very much, it's like a surefire way of getting into it. I think for me, there's something you said there that is something that worries me about the space a little bit, is that as long as you can make money from it, See, I, I'm, I land a little bit on the side that I don't think every project needs to be reward-based and money-based. Like, for example, like when we talk about the NFTs there, I think like them though using it as a sticker, a sticker collection, a car collection, whatever. I think like these kids don't care about making money. 
they want the cool, you know, Harry Kane sticker. And for me, that's how you, because those are the people I want in. I don't massively, like the older generation that have got money, that's great, but they're more probably your investing type client or, or a client, but like, you know, person in the space. But if you can get the kids in, 14, 15, younger even, whatever, just they don't have to be spending loads of money. I don't want them spending money, but I want them understanding the tech because that's how you grow it because you've only got to wait five years till they're adults and then they go, I know how to use blockchain. And then you grow the space massively because trying to teach someone in their 60s that versus someone who's 10, the person who's 10 will pick that up and live with it the same way we did with computers. Yeah. And, and that's the space I want to target to grow the market. Yeah. Absolutely. It's the next generation that we need to be focusing on in education, yeah. which is the key for any kind of technology to survive. Like they said when the internet first came out, oh, it's going to be a fad dead in a few years. And look, here we are. We're the next basic computers are literally coming out. Well, the next technology, which is Web3, that's going to re replace the internet is literally around the corner. Everyone's been calling Bitcoin a scam for since it first started. They've mm. said so many times it's going to be dead. Here we are. It's, it was... What was it nearly 50k at one point? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So not bad for a dead coin, is it? Yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, that... and talking about scams, would anyone would we like would like to shift onto our second topic of today and have a oh. have a brief chat about scams that people have been exposed to? Yeah, okay. So, um, so I was going to say um regarding the getting the kids in, obviously kids are a lot more susceptible to scams. Sorry, I, um, I love the fact that you've used the football term, get the kids in. I absolutely love that. <laughs> Sorry, Chris, carry on. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, like, obviously kids and older people are a lot more susceptible to scams. So maybe pointing out some of these scams that are involved could help one of the viewers. I don't know. <laughs> absolutely. Um, so, yeah, so as, as a crypto accountant uh, mr james what can you tell us about crypto scams mr james is my father um no <laughs> so um i i speak to quite a number of people who have had issues with scams a lot of the time and this is the thing that that people need to be careful of and i'm, I'm hoping this podcast is not too in-depth and not too tacky for people because i want people to be able to pick it up from anywhere understand it and just get to grips but when we talk about crypto scams, there's a few things that people need to be really, really aware of. The first one is anyone promising you returns. If they can guarantee you four and a half percent a year, 10 percent a year, whatever, run a mile. Because although with staking, for example, you could stake and Coinbase would promise you four percent return on Algo, for example, you're risking the fact that there's price fluctuations during that time and you could lose far more. They will pay you that 4%, but they are playing with your money, which is why they're giving you 4%. They hope they're going to make more. Anyone who promises you re returns, guarantees them to you, is, is lying to you. Anyone, when, if, if anyone says, oh, would you like to get invested, whatever, do your research. Using things, I know it maybe seems old school, but like Trustpilot and stuff. Going on, reading about these things, look at their websites. Do they have HTTPS? Do they have, are they registered with any financial institution? So somebody says, oh, come and invest with me. Check if they're on the Financial Conduct Authority in the UK. If they are not, they are not legally allowed to invest your funds. There's, mm. It's actually very hard to be FCA registered. You've, there's quite a stringent process. If they're not FCA registered, I wouldn't touch them. 
There's very few that are, but that's something to be very aware of. When you're looking on a review site, sorry. What what you said about, sorry, uh, about the internet stuff, make sure it's HTTPS and stuff like that. I have almost fallen victim to a scam because I don't know, for instance, it was something like Ford Ape Yacht Club or something mm. like that. It had like a dot in between or something like that. You need to be really careful about like these scam sites because they clone the site completely. Absolutely. But they have just changed it by like one character. They put like a one instead of an L or something like that. I, I worked at a company where um, someone had been scammed and they had replaced an M in an email address with a lowercase R and a lowercase N oh. together. And that was it. They just spoofed the domain. They bought this domain with the R and the N rather than an M in the middle of a long, long domain, you know, and yeah. that was it. That was the only thing different. And what they'd done is they'd done a man in the middle attack where they'd logged on to someone's emails, seen what emails were coming in and out with someone who there was like a payment processor, spoofed the payment processor's email, sent it, please, can you pay this? But the, the, the real things to be careful of with these scams are essentially returns that are guaranteed. Um, I'd call it a C curve. If you look on review websites, are you guys heard familiar with that term? So you've got a load of five-star reviews, nothing in the middle yeah. really, and a load of one-stars. That normally just indicates you've got a load of bots giving five stars. Yeah. So it's just, it's stuff like that. And just also be aware that anyone who's trying to scam you will normally start you small. They'll give you a hundred quid in, 200 quid in. They'll tell you they've made you a load of money. They're going to push you and push you to put more in. They might send you fake rubbish saying this is what you've done. If you have a minimal understanding of crypto, simply ask them what's in your portfolio. And you can go on a company like CoinMarketCap and you could look at the difference between price of when you bought and what the price is today. If those num percentages are not each other, that something's going on there. If they've said you've a thousand cents to 10,000 and you bought Bitcoin and the Bitcoin price has gone up 6%, you know there's something wrong. Um, and whatever you do, never pay them taxes. That's not how taxes in the UK work. I can't speak for other taxes outside of the UK, but in the UK, you pay taxes to His Majesty. Now, <laughs> Revenue and Customs, you do not pay them to any bloke on the internet. But that's just a, a brief overview of sort of scams I see. But um, in case you do want to pay your taxes to me, though, I will be adding a link to my wallet. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. As Chris did say earlier, he's he's not a big fan of stake.com. But if there's any Bitcoins coming from them to us, we're, we love it. Yeah. We always gamble there. Uh, yes, yeah, we, we will be sponsored by them. It's our premium site. <laughs> yeah. It's our premium gambling site. Um, have you, Stash, have you ever had any uh, scam? Yes, I have scammed myself, essentially. Um, I, when I was very young, younger in the crypto sphere, say a year in, I used to invest in ICOs a lot because, sorry, they made me a lot of money, to be honest. A flipping lot of money. A, a flipping <laughs> lot of money, big returns. And I used to um, just find as much as I could. And then there was this website called Copper Launch. I think it's called Copper Launch. They, they're a platform where they launch ICOs and anyone can create an ICO. And I was looking for a project that I was really into. And I know they were going to do a um, ICO on that, on that project, on the same platform. However, they, they misspelled something in the middle of exactly the same. I was like, mm. okay, the legit project they're launching, even though I knew the launch of that thing was a few days ago, I meant a, a few days later, but I was like, oh my God, I've been waiting. I've been blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay, I'm going to buy it. I put in, put in like 300 Polygon when Polygon was 20 cents. 
yeah. so it's like two hundred dollars then, and and then I'm like, hang on a second, like I just after I click purchase, I was like, hang on a second, this this just doesn't seem right, and I because I was just so addicted, like I have to say, I got addicted to crypto mm. so badly that I, any opportunity to me when I was like, yes, I'm gonna do it, and yeah, I basically scammed myself, even though I had my rules that I always used to follow. I was in the telegrams, the chats, the discords. I I, I just totally negated that out it's as if it didn't exist. I was like, I see it, bang. Yeah, fear of missing out. Fear of missing out. That's fear it, right? FOMO. <laughs> I FOMO'd into, and it was literally, because it's the blockchain, I followed the money. It was just some random guy's wallet. And like, I wasn't the only one. There's about 30 other people that purchased this ICO. But because they are on their platform, anyone can create a smart contract that is basically, mm. like I said, they used all the descriptions from the website and like the project, how much that price was meant to be from the official website. But I was just like, because sometimes companies do do stealth launches and stealth ICOs. I was like, oh, maybe they did it just so people can get the earlier, cheaper price. But no, some pleb had 200 pounds of Polygon sent to their account because I was an idiot. It's really easily done though. Like, and like you say, like it, it, people doing this know that it's quite easy to spoof a page and it's quite easy to sort of do little tricks. Like that. I mean, the, the classic one you'd see is on things like, uh, if you ever go like coin market cap, you get someone being like, oh, I, I just need someone to pay the gas and then they can have these crypto. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Connect your wallet, you're cleared out. And it, it's just, I think people need to, use their heads and just think about the situation before they jump into them and just take a step back and think what's going on and and if someone if someone does say oh send some crypto to this address look at the address go on etherscan go on polyscan go on you know That's whatever what, you where i learned how to use etherscan properly and after that i started my own i created my own crypto guide for beginners mm -hmm. like i will send post the link so anyone can have it but in my spare time sometimes i'll add like a paragraph like it's got different chapters of different terminology because there's so many words that i never understood when i started crypto but i was doing using these things and i was investing in coins but we have this thing and i'm like okay yeah sure i believe you absolutely and mm. stuff like that so at the end of the day i sat down after i lost quite a bit of money i was like okay i'm gonna learn everything create this guide to help people that want to start into crypto it's very basic my guide but i really don't want people to do the same mistakes I made in the next bull month. Because you want it to I be basic. So Sorry, would you say? You, you want it to be basic, don't you? So people can actually understand it, especially if you're a beginner. Anything intermediate rather than basic is going to be like scary. and yeah, Absolutely. Of... Like, I read so many guides out there and I didn't even understand them. Like I was like, hang on a second. You, you told me what a blockchain is, but that it's a distributed ledger and with like these computer calculations but you don't need somebody why who whatever you need to go back to the basics so i was literally like hang on a second sent it to my family and then they were like oh hang on a second we understand this then they start investing in crypto there's a couple of terms that i've heard other people use that i'm not familiar with um they're profit and gains any anyone got any idea what those are because my crypto does not seem to go that way <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no, I only know losses. Um, yeah, oh no, I know losses. Losses, I know. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. No, I didn't know profit and gains, but I didn't know that you were meant to cash out when it was in profit. <laughs> yeah, oh god, um, let's not talk about that. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've heard of DCA, which I thought started for don't cash out, <laughs> but <laughs> dollar cost something. <laughs> dollar cost average. <laughs> 
Um, so were we going to do a challenge this week since it's our first week? Um, so, Jane, we're talking about the the FOMO. Do we want to do we want to FOMO some of our cash? Yeah, let's FOMO. I feel like I feel like yeah, um, maybe like what? 20, 25 quid each. Yeah, yeah. And then we'll, what are we saying? FOMO it into something. What do, well, what do we do? Yeah. Because I just logged on to Coin Market Cap, and there's a crash going on right now. Or not crash; it's oh. going down a bit. But <laughs> as we used opportunity. <laughs> no, I, I only buy high, sell low. Yeah. <laughs> what do do we fancy going for a small market cap coin? Do we want to go for a coin link to the World Cup? What do, what would you boys fancy for this week's just chance it? Um, I reckon something to do with the World Cup. Something yeah. like twenty five quid on something related to football because i mean it is on topic isn't it really so and it's hopefully likely to go up um but yeah and then we can sort of maybe say say the limit is at least two different coins 25 quid in at least two different coins so you can't put all your 25 quid into like i don't know chilies or something like that chills um um yeah and I, think I wonder if what we should do is we'll put a little put, we'll put a little poll up with a number of coins and see what the people think. See, see if anyone fancies inputting. We'll we'll put out on our social. See if you know what friends etc. Think we'll do a little selection, and then next week we'll come in. We'll we'll start off and we'll introduce you to our sensational financial investment that we'll have made. <laughs> It'll be yeah, our yeah. chef. Chef's kiss, it'll be gorgeous. Chef's and then kiss. and then at the end of the episode, we'll tell you how much money we've lost. So <laughs> right. That sounds good. Okay, how, so... how do we spin this bad boy off? Who wants to take us out? I'll One do... of you two. I'll do yes. It. Go for uh, it. Hello, thanks everyone. This hello. Is... Sorry. <laughs> no, hello. 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 Welcome to welcome. Hello. Hello. I've just only started recording. <laughs> uh, Thank you, everyone, who has listened to us ramble about stuff that we probably have zero idea, but we're very enthusiastic about. And I really hope that you enjoy it and that we'll see you next week because we are going to be back and better every single day because we will be looking back in... Well, I thought it was once a week. <laughs> oh, no, Stash, no. Stash, well, hold, on, hold on. The captain's giving us a team chat here. This is World <laughs> Cup style. Carry on, Stash. So in two years' time, we're going to be watching this video be like, look at us, us nerds with these shitty camera setups and stuff like that. Because this podcast is going to be going on for years. I'm telling you this right now. So we'll be seeing... Whether you listen to it or not. <laughs> yeah, whether you listen to it or not, it might be just us. And for maybe the three plebs that are actually watching our podcast for the entire time, we could have made you rich. You, yeah. You'll still be enjoying me, Chris, and whoever we get to replace Stash. The whole crew will be here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, perfect. Yeah. yeah. Thank so you guys. That was the first episode of We Were Thank you, Thank you very much. much. Listen, big clap. <laughs> Catch you boys next week. <laughs>